You're listening to So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast about the world of writing and publishing. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm your co-host and CEO of the Australian Writers' Centre, where you'll find writing courses and a wonderfully supportive writing community. I usually co-host this podcast every week with my partner in crime, Alison Tate, author of The Firestar, A Maven and Reeve Mystery, which she writes under A.L. Tate. Alison's having a bit of a summer holiday and spending time with her family and doing summery, beachy type things. So you've got me at the moment. And I want to say Happy New Year again in case I haven't been in your ears since the start of the year. So we thought we'd entertain you with these story sessions, which hopefully are really helpful to you during the holidays and summer. Maybe you're at the beach or you're going on a long drive or you're, you know, maybe you're already back at work doing the commuting. With the story sessions, well, the idea behind it is that we bring the bookshop to you and we or someone famous or the author themselves reads the first chapter of a book that we recommend And that is so that you don't have to feel awkward standing in the bookshop and reading the first chapter to decide whether you like it or not. This week, I've chosen Inheritance of Secrets by Sonia Bates. Now, I'm especially excited about this book because it is the debut novel from Sonia Bates, who is one of our amazing graduates at the Australian Writers' Centre. The book is a page-turning thriller that is going to go absolutely gangbusters. It begins with the murder of Juliet's grandparents in Adelaide, but as Juliet investigates, she finds the mystery may go back to wartime Germany. Here's the blurb so you can find out a little bit more about the book. A brutal murder, a wartime promise, a quest for the truth. No matter how far you run, the past will always find you. Juliet's elderly grandparents are killed in their Adelaide home. Who would commit such a heinous crime and why? The only clue is her grandfather Carl's missing signet ring. When Juliet's estranged sister Lily returns in fear for her life, Juliet suspects something far more sinister than a simple break-in gone wrong. Before Juliet can get any answers, Lily vanishes once more. Juliet only knew Carl Weiss as a loving grandfather, a German soldier who emigrated to Australia to build a new life. What was he hiding that could have led to his murder? While attempting to find out, Juliet uncovers some disturbing secrets from World War I that will put both her and her sister's lives in danger. I can't resist a thriller, and Sonia has done an amazing job telling both a modern mystery and a historical one. I was absolutely gripped right until the end. So here is the first chapter from Inheritance of Secrets by Sonia Bates. Chapter 1. I'd never seen a dead body before. Sure, there'd been dead birds in the yard once or twice, dead cats on the side of the road, kangaroos on the highway, but nothing that mattered. Now here I was, following a detective down a bare corridor at the Adelaide City Morgue, about to be confronted with not one, but two bodies. The bodies of my grandparents. My heels were loud on the concrete floor, the slow, rhythmic clicking, the only sound in the passage, I didn't know what had prompted me to wear those shoes, some misguided notion of respect for my grandparents, but I regretted it now. We came to a door and I followed the detective into a small viewing room, no bigger than a large cupboard, with a curtain along one wall. We'd left his colleague in the reception area and now I understood why. There would be no room for the three of us in there. The detective was tall and bulky and seemed to fill the tiny space. He had a hair on his collar, 
a steel grey strand clearly visible against his dark jacket. I wanted to pick it off to tidy him up for my grandparents. Take as much time as you need, he said. I stared at the hair and his eyes flicked down, but he couldn't see it. All right then? Yeah, I said, but no sound came out, so I nodded. He turned towards the curtain, found the draw cord and pulled. I don't know what I expected. The detectives had filled me in on what would happen, that the bodies would be visible through a window into an adjoining room, that they would be presented one at a time, that they would be covered with a sheet except for their faces. I was to identify them by name, if possible. They told me the bodies had been found in my grandparents' home, in their bedroom, with the time of death estimated to be between 1 and 3 a.m. Who else could it have been? The curtain swung back and I put a hand on the wall to steady myself. Opa. He lay on a metal gurney, his eyes closed, his hair combed back, exposing his broad forehead. His normally ruddy face was pale, almost grey, the skin imbued with a waxy, papery sheen. He wasn't wearing his glasses. Of course he wasn't. I'd heard people say that their loved ones looked peaceful in death, as if they were asleep. Opa was always restless in sleep. Eyes fluttering, mouth twitching, as if his mind couldn't rest even when his body did. Now he just looked lifeless. That's him, I said, turning away. Carl Gerhard Weiss. Thank you, said the detective. I looked up into his face, so full of the life that was absent in my grandfather. I couldn't remember his name, and suddenly it really mattered that I knew. Are you all right? Do you want to sit down? No, thank you, Detective... Norton, Henry Norton. I filed that away. Henry Norton, the man who was with me while viewing my dead grandfather. The second viewing should have been easier... I thought I was prepared for what I would see, but the sight of Omar on the hold metal sliced through me and burst the bubble of unreality that had enveloped me until then. She was covered only by a thin sheet, a smaller one draped over the side of her head. Instantly, I wondered what it was covering. A gunshot wound? A contusion? Knife wound? The detectives hadn't said, only that the cause of death would be determined by an autopsy. I crossed my arms, pressing them into my stomach. Yeah, that's her. I couldn't seem to take my eyes off that sheet. Name? Margaret Elspeth Weiss. My teeth were clenched. I wanted to break through the glass and shake her back to life. I wanted her to open her eyes and smile her watery smile, ask me to get a blanket. I wanted the colour to wash back into her cheeks and that damn sheet to magically disappear. The seconds stretched out and finally I dragged my gaze away. Detective Norton closed the curtain. If you come with me, we'll need to fill out some paperwork, unless you need a minute. My legs were wobbly. I was cold. No, let's get this over with. I signed and dated the papers. Juliet Dunn, 24 July, 2009. Officially declaring that the two lifeless bodies now resting in a bank of refrigerated storage drawers were, indeed, my grandparents'. My hands shook as I put the pen down and followed the detectives back out to their car. It was close to peak hour and the din of the traffic out on the street pounded through my skull. I couldn't stand the silence in the morgue, but I couldn't tolerate the noise outside either. I shrank from it, retreating behind Detective Norton as we exited the building, as if his bulk could protect me. 
Is there somewhere we can drop you, Miss Dunn? The female detective asked. I'd forgotten her name too. Someone you could be with? It's probably best not to be alone right now. No, there's no one. Omar and Opa were my only family. Had been my only family since I was ten, when Lily left. Just take me home. I'll be fine. We arrived at the beachside cottage as dusk was falling. I couldn't remember the drive back to Victoria Harbour. We must have made our way through the city, down the expressway and onto the winding road that led south, but the memory of it escaped me. All I could see was Omar lying on the gurney. She'd felt the cold so keenly these past few winters, wrapping herself in wool cardigans and sitting by the gas fire. Having spent her childhood on the edge of the Black Forest, it amused her that she could feel the cold at all in a city where snow never fell. The last of the daylight was filtering through the kitchen window as I threw my bag onto the table and kicked off the ridiculous shoes, standing barefoot in the fading light, numb, exhausted. There must be something I should be doing. Contacting a funeral parlour, preparing a death notice, finding Lily, or at least trying to. And Mum. How would I ever find Mum? She needed to know that her parents were dead. I sank onto a chair, staring blindly into the distance as dark closed in. My grandparents had raised me since I was nine. They were like parents to me. They'd been there for me when no one else had been. They had loved me when I thought I was unlovable. And now they were gone. Their lives snuffed out in a senseless killing. I should be crying. But the tears weren't coming, and I couldn't face thinking about any of the rest of it. A soft touch on my leg brought me out of my reverie. Bronte rubbed up against me, her purr filling the silence. Picking her up, I buried my nose in her fur until she squirmed to be released. Then I rose and snapped on the light. The breakfast dishes were still in the sink, so I ran the hot water over them, then turned it off before the sink could fill. Leaning on the kitchen bench, I put my head in my hands, images of the day running through my mind. I wished I could remember the name of the female detective. Was it Sally or Sue? Something with an S, I was sure. I rummaged in my bag and found the card they had given me when they dropped me off. Henry Norton, Detective Brevet Sergeant, Major Crime Investigation Unit. With a mobile number and an email address. I flipped it over but there was nothing else. I could see her face, youngish, dark hair, a serious face. Then Omar's face appeared, pale and cold and lifeless, and Opa's so still, I pushed the images away. I didn't want to think of them, not like that. In the lounge room, my laptop was open, in sleep mode, concealing the manuscript I'd been working on that morning. It seemed as if days had passed since then. I could hardly remember what I'd been writing. There were two new emails, one from a writer in New York I'd met at a conference last year, and one from my editor. She'd be looking for a progress report on the manuscript. I closed it all down and shut off the computer. The phone shrilled in the silence, the landline, a remnant from the days when my grandparents used the beach house as the holiday home it was meant to be. I stared at it, then lifted the receiver. Juliet, I've been trying to call you. It was Jason. A piece of my memory slotted into place. I was supposed to meet him in the city after work. We had tickets to a show. I rubbed my temple where a dull ache pulsed. Jason, I'm sorry, I completely forgot. You forgot? There was a pause on the other end of the line, but I couldn't bring myself to give him an explanation. Is everything okay? He said finally. 
I took a deep breath. No, everything's not okay. Something's happened. I didn't want to say it. Saying it would make it real. Despite everything that had happened, it all still felt like a dream. The man and the woman I'd seen that afternoon weren't really my grandparents. They hadn't really been murdered. Things like this just didn't happen to me. Couldn't have happened to them. They were the things you read about in the paper, heard about on the news, about other people. Strangers. Faceless, anonymous strangers. What? What's happened? Jason's voice was insistent. My grandparents are dead. I heard him suck in his breath. Oh, Juliet, I'm so sorry. His voice was deep and husky. What happened? Were they in an accident? I swallowed. No, someone broke into their house. They... Jesus! My throat closed over. I couldn't go on. It's okay, Juliet. You don't have to say any more. I'm on my way. I'll be there as soon as I can. I returned the phone to its cradle as the tears started to flow. Oh my goodness, what an intriguing beginning. If you want to read more, and I hope that you do, Inheritance of Secrets by Sonia Bates is out with HarperCollins Australia. As I said, Sonia is one of our graduates. She's actually a speech pathologist, but can now also call herself a published author. She completed a popular crime writing course, Anatomy of a Crime, How to Write About Murder, as well as the course Build Your Author Platform. If you're interested in writing your own crime or mystery novel, then you might follow the path of Sonia Bates or Sarah Bailey, who is also Australian Writers' Centre alumni. Sarah's done courses with us and has now released three successful crime novels, The Dark Lake, Into the Night and Where the Dead Go. Here's a quick word from Sarah on how she got published. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre and our popular course, Creative Writing Stage 1. This course is the perfect way to unlock your creativity and explore the world of writing. You'll learn how to create memorable characters, believable dialogue and captivating plots, all in a supportive environment in this five-week online course with your very own tutor giving you personal feedback each week. Let's hear from Sarah Bailey. My name's Sarah Bailey. Um, I've got a debut novel through Alan and Umlin out at the moment. It's called The Dark Lake, so crime thriller. I was working in advertising at the time and I was working at a great company and had a really sort of good career, but I just had this burning desire to write all the time. I'd heard really good things about the Australian Writer Centre's course. Um, the reviews were always really positive and people always sort of providing really good feedback on social media. So. Um, I just thought that was a really good place for me to start. I found Nicole Hayes, the tutor that I had in the course that I did through the Australian Writers' Centre, really inspiring, um, really down-to-earth um, teaching style, but just a really great way of um, pulling together some of the writing skills that she's picked up over the years. She had such a passion for narrative and structure um, and being a published author, she had some, some really practical um, advice and knowledge to share as well. The process for me was just setting my own deadlines, which was something that was covered off in the Australian Writer Centre's course as well. Went, this is how many words I'd like to have by these different points along the year. And then I um, just worked towards getting the words down. And then I sort of um, approached agents, and then the agents helped me approach publishers. In the end, when Alan and Unwin decided to publish the novel, and um, that was all confirmed. It was it was amazing. It was just such an amazing um, experience to go through, and I felt really fortunate 
um, but also really proud because it had obviously been you know, a really hard, um, hard sort of journey to get there. Through the course at the Australian Writers' Centre, I discovered that writing was something that was really, really important to me. And then of course, you know, through meeting the people and the tutor that I had, I also picked up a lot of really invaluable skills as well. I think it really just set me off on the right path. Um, and then since then, obviously, so much has happened in my world in terms of writing that I really do see it as the first step um, that, I, that I took along that path. It's amazing. I've, I feel very, very fortunate to be in the position where that's, that's my current life. So I think that was a, that was hugely important um, in terms of getting getting started. Definitely, anyone who's interested in writing and sort of taking a, a more serious step toward that as a career or even just a, a more specific hobby, I think the Australian Writer Centre's courses are really worthwhile. I think it's just it's always nice to be um, in an environment where people are passionate about what you're passionate about. Um, and I think that the, um, the skills and the information that you get from, from courses like that just, just help you sort of really focus. For me, the creative writing course was, was a great starting point. I think it just made me um, rediscover my love for writing at a basic level all over again. Um, so I think that I've definitely spoken to other friends and have suggested that they give it a shot. If you'd like to find out more, go to writerscentre.com.au slash creativewriting. Thanks for listening to Story Sessions of So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find more details about the podcast and a wealth of writing resources and courses at writercentre.com.au. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writer Centre. Connect with us on social media at writercentreau on Twitter and Instagram and join our free podcast listener community on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community and request to join. We'll be back to our regular programming in your next episode. Thanks for listening and I look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writerscentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more. 